you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, and formerly of many a Cleveland sports blog. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Indians your first listen daily, uh, free and available on all podcasting platforms and the like. If you're like, hey, where's the show yesterday? Well, I would say, hey, why aren't you following me on Twitter? Uh, the, you know, because it's one of those things I record one day, post the next. So there was no show on Wednesday because we had parent-teacher conference nights on Tuesday. I got back home super late. I was wiped. So I apologize. That happens <laughs> sometimes. Uh, specifically with those parent-teacher conference nights. I am a teacher in my day job. Uh, I'm sitting here currently all nice and wrapped up because I managed to get kicked in the wrist. Fun story. Not for the podcast, but uh, just in general. Uh, That's why there's no show. That is why we're back today. We're going to take some mailbag questions. We're going to burn through a bunch of the sleepers. We're going to just dive into those things. Uh, In terms of who's going to advance... Uh, right now, you know, it's looking like Houston, which is the team I am going to always root against completely, totally, and utterly. So, yeah, my absolute dislike of them seems to be giving them power. Because as we have discussed, apparently, any team I root for uh, automatically loses uh, going in this postseason. And on the other side of things, well, it's actually looking halfway decent, where I, I do am indeed rooting for Atlanta. <laughs> but what the heck's the deal? I know I said it wasn't going to go too deep. Eddie Rosario, after being completely worthless in Cleveland, a career worst, the Indians gave him away, right? They didn't get anything back for him. Uh, they they took a player back in, in Pablo Sandoval, who they then immediately cut. Uh, just It was money savings because uh, Eddie Rosario was so bad with the Indians, so unmotivated that you know he's already a terrible defender. He was a guy who was typically around a 110 to 120 runs created. Plus, he was in the 80s. He was awful, awful, awful. And now he's a double away from the cycle, for which would be the second cycle in playoff history. He's had a bunch of big hits. He's just been on fire. Uh, he has been a completely different guy. We didn't see that, like, at all. Uh, Eddie Rosario, uh, that's one of those kind of almost underrated stories when you get down to it. His signing was one of the main reasons I thought the offense this year would be better than it was last year. And... Yeah, there's some things out there where the Indians offense scored like 20 less runs than the Yankees this year. Uh, you know, it, stuff like that where it's like, oh, this offense is bad, but it wasn't maybe as bad as we think. But Rosario is supposed to be a central piece, and instead he was a garbage fire. Uh, they gave him away, and he was great for Atlanta. I mean, he had a strong second half. And if he was in Cleveland, though, let's say they kept him. What happens? He ends up leaving in free agency. The team still doesn't go anywhere. Uh, and he takes at bats from some young players. Like I, I'm totally still 100% fine with that trade on every level. And kudos to the Braves. The Braves, you know, they lost uh, Aquino, and they're a team that had some issues. So they went out and bought everything. You know, they added Jorge Solar, who I believe is still not available in the postseason. Uh, they added Rosario. They brought back Adam Duvall didn't he go to the Marlins now Duvall is one of those guys who's been on if you listen to this podcast my radar forever in a day I have talked about Adam Duvall because 
That's the whole thing, right? Part of my big thing about this idea of like looking at players who perform well, who might outperform projections, Scott Schebler and Adam Duvall both went to the Reds, where those guys is like secondary pieces. And when we get to the third segment, we talk about sleepers. I mean, that's what I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the next Adam Duvall. That's just honestly what I am looking for. That is exactly what I'm trying to find. I'm not trying to find necessarily J.D. Martinez, because that's a lot harder to find in general. You know, getting a player who's an MVP caliber type, but getting a guy who's some years above average and some years below average, but you can, you know, pretty consistently get an above average player. That's what I'm trying to find. When I go into these sleeper things, that is what I'm specifically looking for is, you know, the next Adam Duvall. Uh, Right now, the Rays are up, Rays, I wish the Rays were still in. The Braves are up 5-2 over the Dodgers in the ninth. Uh, that would give them a 3-1 lead. Houston leads 3-2. And yes, uh, when it comes to the Braves and the Dodgers, I'm going to root for the Braves. Uh, what, do, what do other people feel? Uh, the Braves advancing would be the first time this whole postseason team I'm pulling for advances. Uh, it doesn't matter who wins. I would root for the Braves or the Dodgers over the Astros or the Red Sox. Am I crazy? Uh, do you think I'm making a too big of a stand with uh, finding the Astros kind of obnoxious and uh, finding Boston kind of obnoxious? Or do you agree with me? Uh, again, hit me up on Twitter. That is at JeffMLBDraft. Let me know your thoughts. So let's just dive in. I don't have a ton in the mailbag. Uh, <laughs> kept asking, people, you got to help me out. Off season, I need more mailbag questions. Just one of those things. When I come asking for a mailbag, I need people to... Uh, to jump in a little bit more for me, but we do have some things in here. Uh, I mean, my my Twitter has just been overloaded. I can't actually. I was gonna try to pull out the question from like two weeks ago when uh, I asked for a mailbag right before the show, and I got one question. Uh, but here we go. Aaron Bachman, longtime listener, UVA fan, somehow a fan of mine, even though I uh, constantly run down University of Virginia's baseball program. But Aaron. What happened to Mike Vasili? Can we talk about it? I mean, ooh, talk about, or how about uh, what happened to Nate Savino? If you go back to my way too early mock a few years ago, I mean, Nate Savino is who I had going to the Indians. He, he's a guy now who uh, will be draft eligible this year. Hasn't worked out. Mike Vasily enrolled early at UVA, was a potential first-round pick out of Dorchester. It was a really bad attempt at a Boston accent. I'm going to apologize now, uh, but he was a—he would have gone no later than the second round. Decided to go to UVA and uh, eighth round pick to the Mets. Interesting numbers in, in seven innings, so it doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, an eighth rounder. I don't know what he signed for. I'd have to go look. But Aaron, you got to admit, it has not been what you'd hoped. Like who is working out for them late? It, it, it the the pipeline. I mean, they used to get a lot of guys to, okay, I need to get off, or Aaron is not going to be a fan of me anymore. I'm just saying, Nate Savino, Mike Vasili, uh, you know. But, other side of things, Paven Smith, you know, he was he was the guy, where I'm going to get off ta- topic here, but uh, Paven Smith, if he had played at any other program, I would have rated him higher. But I was so scared to death of that UVA program. He ended up more back end of the top 10. And then he was he's one of those guys who talked about Nick Plummer earlier in the week. I don't know if he was left for dead as bad as Plummer. Like, Smith slowly moved through the system. He was just unexciting. It's like, okay, so he might be a quad A guy. Uh, 
I should pull up his exact numbers, but I feel like the last two years he actually made himself a starter, a regular, uh, which is uh, an accomplishment. Because again, there was a time where none of us were. Ne- oh, we had a one. You know, he's. Uh, I mean, he's league averageish, ninety-eight OPS plus. I thought he was a little bit better than that. Uh, only eleven home runs, twenty-seven doubles. I mean, he had a lot of games played. He was about league average. It's not like he's necessarily a star. And I don't know if that's still a massive success for the seventh overall pick. I think I said, I think I ended up having him around 11th or 12th, but still. I mean, Paven Smith had a negative war. That was the other reason I made that sound there. But he's still got a chance. I mean, that UVA program has not produced a ton so far. Adam Hazley, who was the higher-rated UVA guy, is buried with the Phillies. And that Phillies team needs outfield help, and he can't find time. So, yeah, I'll, uh, you know, Aaron, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I, I hope you know it's all in good fun. Uh, UVA is a fantastic quality college. Uh, it has a fantastic education system. I remember it was a really big deal when, from where I went to high school in Ohio. If you got in there, we had a few people who got in. And it's a fantastic institution. I just don't always agree with some of the baseball team's approaches uh, and what they've done. We're going to hit Aaron's question um, now that I've just spent the last two minutes punching him in the gut. But we'll come back and hit Aaron's question uh, because I've been just a jerk here. Go follow Aaron at at Aaron Bachman, B-A-C-H-M-A-N-N. I'm I'm going to give Aaron a follow right now while everyone is listening because I was just a big old jerk about UVA. So, um yeah, we're going to come back, actually answer his question, which is a great question, by the way. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll discuss that and then talk some more sleepers. We'll get in the rest of the mailbag. Rock Auto is one of those sponsors. And I got it. You know, I have not bought my windshield wipers there yet. I, I got to do it. I, t- today, when it was raining and I got out of my car and then, uh, I you know, I didn't shut them off before I shut the car off. So if I wasn't paying attention. I would have gotten part of the wiper cut in the stuck in the door when I shut it. I need new wipers badly. Perfect place to get them is rockauto.com because you can pick your make and model. You can find many options. And you're going to save yourself money, not just because it's cheaper to buy your parts there, but something like a windshield wiper, a filter, that's the stuff that you and I, and if I can do it, then you can do it, can put into your car. Save yourself a lot of money doing the work by yourself on those. And if you know more about cars, then you can save yourself even more money because you're going to be able to pick all the parts and pieces you want. Go check out rockauto.com. Make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. You'll save yourself some money at rockauto.com. Aaron's question, now that I've been a a hyper-jerk host here, again, I apologize for just deciding to have some fun at UVA's expense. Which non-lock for the 40-man are you most concerned about losing by the Rule 5 draft? Again, that is a great question. Now the question is, you know, are we going by my lock, my locks? Are we going by who I consider a lock, who others consider a lock? I think if we go by conventional wisdom right now, the locks are Rocchio, Morris, Valera, Freeman. And that those are the sure locks. I think those are kind of like the for sure's. And then you got kind of the next grouping, which is probably uh, Steve Kwan, Connor Pilkington, Joey Cantill. Oh, and then that first group is also Brian Levis. How did I leave off Levistita? Next group is like Kwan, Jose Tenya, Connor Pilkington, uh, Richie Palacios. I think Palacios is a must add. So I'm going to put him in that group. So if we're looking at Pilk, 
Kwan, Tenya, Jonsky, no John Kenzie Noel. Let's get that right for once. Adam Scott, Oscar Gonzalez. I just I know, and I, if you like Oscar Gonzalez, that's great. And he follows me on Twitter. I like Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, if only for that reason, that's always cool when I get someone in the game who follows me. I hope he's successful, and I hope I'm wrong. I just don't know the path to getting there with his uh, swing and miss profile. I just don't know how it occurs. I gladly will be wrong, though. I will gladly, gladly be wrong, but I don't see a path to him on this roster. Now, mentioning all those names, I mean, I think Pilkington's the one I'm most concerned about because the problem with Quan is just blockage. Like, where is he going to play? If we don't assume that Palacios is a lock, it would be him. Ten years farther away, and they have a lot of interesting prospects. And he's in the lower minors. Uh, John Kenzie Noel, lower mi- I mean, go look at what Bobby Bradley did at a similar age at a similar level. I, I mean, it, it, he's, I think John Kenzie has a, uh, you know, better opportunities. But I mean, I think sometimes we forget just how good some of these players are uh, in the lower minors at points in time and how good these players perform. And then we, we think about, you know, uh, recent models or what players have done recently and then forget, oh yeah, other guys have had similar profiles and come through. Now, again, John Kenzie has outperformed him at that level. But if I just pull up his minor league data, Open that, put it away. When he was in, you know, A ball, Bobby Bradley had 27 home runs and he had a 269 batting average for a 153 runs creative plus. Uh, it's 361 on base, 529 slugging, tw- walked 12% of the time with a 32% strikeout when he went up to high. And that was at age 19, at age 20 and high A. Uh, he hit. Well, that year wasn't as strong, but 235, 344, 466, 29 home runs, uh, a 121 runs created plus. We compare that with good old John Kenzie Noel. And we talk about what he did this year as a 19-year-old in A-ball. 189 runs created plus, that is higher. The average is 393, that is significantly higher. The home runs are lower. The strikeout percentage is much lower, but he also isn't walking. There's some room for comparison. Again, I think John Kenzie's got the higher ceiling. Uh, they're kind of different, but just we have the players at that level. So I'm not as concerned. And, you know, I did that whole podcast. In the last decade, there have been zero first baseman or third baseman drafted in the Rule 5 draft who played who had not played at least double-A or higher. So I'm not as concerned. So, yeah, I think it's a really interesting question right now. I would say Pilkington, because they liked him enough to go get him. He's a really interesting arm out of college. He pitched well when they acquired him, and you can never have too many, too much pitching, followed by Steve Kwan. And then, oh, no, you know, this is a problem when I got a blanket list. Joey Cantillo, then Pilk, then Kwan. Cantillo, I still remember. I said I thought he was the number two piece in the Clevenger deal for a reason. If he's not hurt and he gets a full chance to pitch, I think he's – 100% rostered. I think he's in that lock category. With him not being a lock, though, he's the one because he was thrown harder than he's ever thrown. He came from a bad pitching development program to a good one. Young for his class, good secondaries. I mean, he had literally everything the Indians look for when it comes to a developmental success story. 
and just think about what they did with Cal Quantrell. Like they targeted guys in that system for a reason. Uh, Cantillo would be the one specifically that I am most concerned about losing, followed by Pilk and Quan. I mean, that's almost like a tie there. Then comes Tenya, and then then comes Adam Scott. Uh, then I guess Noel. But again, I just it's so unlikely. It's hard for me to get too concerned. Yeah, that those would be my list as I look at the list here uh, from the Mad Thinker. Do you think Richie Palacios has has shown is showing in the AFL enough to get a fair shot at making the Guardians out of spring training at second or left field? Uh, he would prefer Ahmed in left, Jimenez at short, and Palacios at second base. Uh, in and then we get from Smo S M O J T V twenty three ten. Uh, pointing out Palacios is mostly playing left field in the AFL. That's where they're running him out right now. And I kind of agree. I think his likely position is left field going forward. I think the athleticism in the arm kind of profiles there. What With him, I don't know if he's done enough to nail it down. Uh, just because... It's going to be hard for anyone. I mean, they don't have a lot of guys just break from camp with the big league team. It, it doesn't happen all that often. Uh, if you've, you want the numbers, it's only five games, 24 plate appearances, but he's hitting 316 with a four, 458 on base, 632 slugging, uh, one home run, three doubles. It's hitting everything for uh, Scottsdale. So, yeah, I, I have a hard time saying yes, that he's going to be there. Just so many limited reps. I do think you send a guy like him out to Arizona because of limited reps, but with the assumption, I do think they add him. Uh, I do think he gets an opportunity at some point. It's just, you know, they have a lot of guys they got to figure out. There is a lot of players that are log jammed right now, and that's part of the reason where I, at this point in time, have been very much like, okay, buy Zimmer, buy Mercado, buy... Uh, Harold Ramirez, like these guys, we know what they are, and they're not good enough. So let's start seeing, you know, it is Daniel Johnson one of that group of not good enough, or is there more there? You know, just going through those guys, can someone like Steve Kwan step it up next year? Uh, you know, and there's also you know the Nick Plummer thing. I, I messaged Lucas of Lockdown Cardinals. He's like, yeah, they could trade him. They would need like a backup outfielder back. I was like, hey, Zimmer Mercado. Remember Mercado came from there. Uh, Zimmer has interesting physical tools. I do think he could have minor trade value plus a middle infield prospect. So what happens if you, of course, they'd want someone a little bit closer to the big leagues. And that's when we talked about the whole idea of Jimenez being an overpay. But yeah, you know, I'm going to be curious to see how they handle the situation with this team. But Palacios will get a shot at some point, but he's currently in line behind like Nolan Jones, uh, you would think. And I think he might be head of Steve Kwan in the pecking order of opportunities, but there's a lot of guys who need opportunities to play, and there's not a lot of spots to do that. Okay, Cardinals trade. Uh, Nick Plummer for Owen Miller, Bradley Zimmer. Two spots for one. Just throwing that out there. Because uh, Owen Miller is like so buried as well. That's a thing. Or I was talking with um, Azuma, Films, uh, Azuma Films on Twitter about... You know, he wants to go out and sign some guys. I just don't think the Indians are going to spend that much. 
But he's like, how much would Contreras cost? Like, what's a trade that makes sense for Contreras? And at the end of the day, I really feel like, you know, you get a Contreras for something like Tenya, who, again, I mean, the bat speed is plus, really good athletic tools, but you're going to risk losing him anyways. So if he's a, you can do that, you offer them one of Chang or Clement, because uh, I think they're inclined to maybe end up keeping both of those players, but then that does open up space. Uh, or if they'd rather, you know, Owen Miller and then one other kind of lower tier prospect, but specifically a prospect that would need to be Rule 5 added. Like if I'm going to go out and get Contreras, the Cubs are so bad, I want everyone to be someone that uh, clears a spot or is at risk of being lost uh, when it comes to such a trade. Uh so yeah, that's and then Cleveland Guardians fan at Seattle BB is Richie Palacios ready to be an impact bat in twenty twenty two? What's an impact bat? You know, that's that's kind of my question. Like Palacios is never gonna have power. I you know, he had seven this year, six in Akron, one in Columbus. He is always gonna be on base first. He walks at a good rate. Are you willing to take a guy who might hit you know, mid 200s, have an above average on base, below average slugging, maybe end up being like a 90 runs created plus with slightly below average defense, maybe a 95 or even a one, like an average league bat. Uh, because I, I don't know if the power is ever going to really come. I don't think there's ever going to be much there. He's going to run well and he's going to have some doubles pop. And at the same time, I say all this, I mean, I would still gladly in a heartbeat, you know, I, I would. I love the production, the line he put up this year of 297, 404, 471. That's great. I would take lesser, you know, I would take 267, 350, uh, 400. Like that is still productive. This team has had such a hole in the outfield spots for so long. That line I described would be like the best full season left fielder since Michael Brantley. So uh, there is a chance for him. I People... His name's coming up more uh, because people, you know, I, I tweeted about him. Keith Law wrote him up. Uh, he's performing really well in the AFL. So his it's a hot name to know. So Richie Palacios, it's coming together. Uh, so, okay, here's my trade. Uh, for Contreras, it was Tenya, either Hanking, Hankins or Vargas, one of the injured arms, to give them a one, like a, a ceiling, high ceiling type of pitcher who's coming off injury, who's kind of near the back end, early teens, and then one of Chang or Clement. I did mention uh, if I could get Contreras, Haps, Haps, Hap, Wicks, you know, that that's when I start talking about Bo Naylor. Uh, the one reason I'd be hesitant to trade Bo Naylor right now, though, uh, A, value way down. So there's two reasons. And B, uh, he's not Rule 5 eligible. <laughs> I'm much more hesitant to trade that guy who doesn't, help or change the roster crunch we're gonna take our next commercial break here come back and uh talk some more sleepers in a moment but let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag official sports book for locked on they're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season and baseball postseason Head to our new update. Head to their new updated desk or mobile website to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome deponent welcome bonus on your first deposit. I'm trying to create my own words. Deponus. Uh, a deponus is a bonus deposit. 
Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, U- UFC. Write to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So, if you missed out on some of my other pieces on sleepers, my first question would be why. Second would be go back and listen. Uh, I talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. You know, I'm going through this list. I'm looking at guys in double and triple A uh, who are not super old. Like the highest runs created plus belong to Jose Marmoles of Seattle, who also passed through waivers. Uh, you know, he did not did not excite teams. Uh, but clearly, Lee, who we talked about, you know, that, that's an interesting player. He's been a fringe top 100 prospect forever. Uh, I was doing that in AAA at a young age. So that's interesting. We talked about uh, Cooper Hummel. You know, I'm not going to talk about Nick Prado who's on that list or MJ Melendez because those are big prospects. Prado had a big bounce back this year. Jose Barrero, the shortstop prospect for the Reds, he isn't going to come up. Uh, Johan Camargo, took me a second, got there. I mean, he just got out of the Braves postseason roster. Man, his numbers are fascinating more from their guard. It's like, those first two years, and then after that, after he lost his starting gig, it was like, okay, so was that just luck? I, I don't know, but performed in the minors. Uh, you know, Drew Thomas, Mark Finitos, Drew Ellis, we've talked about all of these players. Let's get into it. Let's talk some more names. So one of the first names that I had back here is, I have no idea how this works, uh, is a name I like. I have no idea how this trade should work, I would clarify, is Ford Proctor. Tampa Bay Rays, a third-round pick by them back in 2018. He is Rule 5 eligible. Another shortstop in that Rays system. Uh, It feels like it's never-ending, and he's just someone who gets forgotten because of all of the shortstops. Walked 17% of the time. That stood out. Runs created plus a 127. Uh, He did not have... He had double-digit home runs. He did a lot of things well, but you're just looking again. It's the fact that here he is, another potential utility guy. Uh, he also spent some time at catcher, I want to say, in his past. Uh, played at Rice, that's it, and went and dug it out. But, yeah, he just keeps performing well. He's done well at every single step of the minors, and this was his best season so far. Let's see, you know, the, he's one of those guys where that loss of that year is, is an issue uh, because he is draft eligible now a little bit early, a little bit earlier than I think... They hoped, you know, you want to get those reps is basically what I'm saying. He didn't get enough reps. Yeah, 2018, 2019 gets drafted, like I said, in 2018. Comes in, plays well, performs one in high A, performs well this year in double A. Another name to watch. I don't know what that trade would look like. And the Indians don't need, you know, another Owen Miller type. And that's likely what he is. But if you're going through and talking sleepers, Ford Proctor is an interesting name for somebody. Okay, so I was wrong. I was looking at the incorrect data here. What makes Ford Proctor more interesting is, yes, he was a shortstop second base, third baseman until this year. He worked his tail off in that last year, even did winter ball in Australia. I just went and looked at that data. But this entire year at AA, uh, he had 58 games, all of them at catcher, with some good pop times, uh, some positive growth factors. So he is an interesting player in the regard. I mean, I think Tampa's going to have to roster him. and <laughs> They're under a crunch worse than the Indians. Uh, I mean, if you're a team like the Indians and you you got Levistita, Naylor doesn't need to be at it. I mean, Proctor is an interesting buy, buy for the right team. 
uh, where you can keep him on your 40-man as your third catcher. I don't know if that's the Indians, but I think for the right team, uh, the former right shortstop is an interesting player to talk about. Another player that stood out statistically, do you remember Josh Akami? It's okay if you don't, but he was a guy who, you know, was a, like the last articles on him on here are like from 2019 on fan graphs when he was, I mean, he, he topped out pretty highly in prospect lists at point in time uh, and was viewed as like one of the top first base prospects in baseball has not been selected in the rule five uh, has been eligible since 2019 and the hype never really came together. Uh, so what made him stand out to me this year? I, this is, it, it's a level of confliction because this is his third year in AAA. He is 25. So there is the, you know, he's been in this level a while. Runs created plus is only 112. Like he's never been a dominant bat. There's some, but not a ton of power. He walks at a high percentage. He strikes out a lot. For the Indians, he's not a great fit. But I think if you were a team that is bad, and there are a lot of bad teams out there, I would be fascinated. You know, he's a guy, here's a guy with an ISO of 191. Yeah, I mean, go back to 2019, that 2019 year uh, in for Boston in AAA, 17.5% walk rate, 25 home runs, an ISO, you know, an isolated power of 255. Problem is the runs created plus only 107 because it's con- I mean, he's a 219 batting average. He's he's Chris Carter without as much power, and that makes it very limiting. But I'd rather gamble on him um, than a lot of other players if I was a bad team. Uh, you know, he's probably going to be. I mean, he should be a free agent at the end of the year. If I'm him, I, you know, there's no reason to stay in Boston. First base is one of the few positions they have depth uh, throughout the minors in. So just name on to mention when I was looking at, uh, he had some, one of the highest walk percentages, which again, walk percentage typically doesn't matter a whole lot in the lower minors as an indicator, more interesting in the upper minors. Jonah Bride uh, was rule five eligible last year, 25 year old third baseman, 5'10", 200, solidly built kid, a former 23rd round draft pick. Uh, always like those guys in the 20s. Uh, this past year in Double A, seventy-eight games, three hundred and thirty-four plate appearances. Uh, I l- always find it interesting when a walk and strikeout percentage are identical. Both were at seventeen. He had a few home runs. Uh, he did most of it came from the on base. You know, that that's where a lot of his value came from. Uh, in terms of defensively, he played this year at least. He played third, first, and second. So there's some utility value. Again, if you're the Indians, it's hard to consider someone like Jonah Bride, but statistically, he's interesting. That's all I'm going to say. If you are a team that kind of needs a utility type, uh, there's there's some upside value. There's an upside bet to be had in Jonah Bride. Again, I don't know if that's with Oakland. I don't think it's necessarily with the Indians, but he's one of the players that I clicked on. You know, Statistically, again, the walk rate and the runs created plus brought me in. Uh, this this player, let's see how much time we got. You know what? Um, we are running low on time, so we're going to call it here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six players left to discuss. I know I did not talk about the University of Cincinnati, former prospect, as uh, mentioned previously. Uh, we'll save him for Friday. We're going to 
do these last five on Friday's show. The player is heeing and hawing about, if you're curious, is a top 100 prospect. That's why I was kind of like, ah, do I include him or not? Like, maybe he's too high-valued to be a sleeper, but he's an interesting player that, again, I don't know if it's an Indians acquisition target because of what he plays, but I think he is being undervalued by the scouting community. I think you go through and you look at the numbers, he should be, and this dates back to his college days for me. Like, he was a player... Uh, we'll see if you can guess. Hit me up on Twitter if you can guess who it is. It's a player who went in the teens who I thought was an easy top 10 talent in his draft class. College player, didn't go to a big program. Just keeps hitting. Just keeps hitting. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked in Indians Podcast for Thursday. Uh, hit me up on Twitter with more mailbag questions. We did not have a ton, and 90% of them were uh, about Richie Palacios, which is fine. But uh, more mailbag gives me more to do, more to talk about, more to, to dig. Uh, sorry again to Aaron for being a yerk, but I hope you still enjoyed the show. I have been Jeff Ellis. Follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. So if things like conference night happen again, you'll know why there's no show. Uh, rate and review, download daily. Those things really help. We fell into the 200s after nearly breaking 100. We are just up and down, uh, big parabolic curves on the show. So do your part. You know, if you love the show, download every day. That's the simplest thing you can do. Uh, thank you all who to do. Thank you all who just listen. I've been Jeff Ellis uh, for the Lockdown Indians podcast. When there's new gear, I assume we'll then switch to Guardians when we have uh, a better understanding. But for now, it's still Lockdown Indians. But even though it's still Lockdown Indians, we end by saying, go, go, Guardians, go.